Kia ora koutou and welcome back to SOAP, the Scholarly Open Access Publishing Podcast number six on mandates. I'm Amanda Kuno and with me here are uh, Catherine Wover, Metadata Librarian in the Library, and, and Bruce White, um, Open Access and Copyright Advisor for Massey University. Right, okay, so and as I said, we're, our um, topic today is mandates, um, and we've taken a bit of a historical chronological uh, look and a, and a global generic look across for these um, podcasts, so we'll continue with that approach, and in today's podcast we'll look at the open access mandates and how they've shaped the scholarly communication landscape, um, and we'll cover what mandates are, uh, when they arose, and who's implemented them, and the effect or impact that they have or not. So... What are mandates? Um, this is just from Wikipedia. Um, an open access mandate is a policy adopted by a research institution, research funder or government, which requires researchers, un- usually university faculty or research staff um, or research grant recipients, to make their published peer-reviewed journal articles and conference papers open access um, by self-archiving their final peer-reviewed drafts in a freely accessible institutional repository, shout out to MRO there, <laughs> or a disciplinary repository, and that's green open access, or by publishing them in an open access journal, also known as gold open access, or both. Okay, so when did they start? I have a nifty little diagram here from a webinar that I attended from Danny Kingsley, who is a scholarly communications consultant now in Australia, in Brisbane, uh, but she was recently from Cambridge University. Um, and it begins back in the 90s. Um, we've covered a lot of this off as well, where we've got archives started in 91, uh, first online journals in 93, the World Wide Web begins in 93, uh, 94 we've got Stephen Harnad's subversive proposal, which we've covered. Uh, first big deal in 1996, and then moving into the noughties, um, we've got... Uh, ePrints project in 2000 and in 2003 this is when we start seeing the uh, first policies come through so 2003 you've got open access policy at QUT which is Queensland University Um, 2004 Welcome Trust uh, they have a costs and business model report Um, and then 2005 we've got side publishing free for all there's a UK parliament um with a position statement for the Research Council UK on open access. Uh, And then finally in 2005, you got open access policy from the Wellcome Trust. So, um, anybody else want to chip in here? Um, Well, the first European university seems to have been the University of Zurich in 2005. And Harvard was the first United States university two years later in 2007. So it's those middle years of the noughties where... Um, it's um, Australia, Europe, uh, United States that are all um, coming on board. That's right, yeah. So I'll, I'll, maybe I should just continue on with this little um, historical thing here. So um, NIH have their open access policy. And National Institute of Health. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> open access policy. In the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for fleshing that out. And then in the teens, that's where things really start ramping up. Um the Wellcome Trust strengthens their policy in 2012. Um, the UK government invests £10 million in September 2012. The Finch Report, of course, comes out in 2012, supporting gold open access. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah more or less. Um, then the Research Council UK policy starts in April 2013. 
um, and then we've got uh, Hef Seeds, oh, this must be the Australian one, Reef Policy, starts in April 2016, so that's their... That's, um, that's the Reef's Research Education Framework in the UK, isn't is it? Is it? Yep. Oh, I thought Hef Seeds... Research Excellence Framework. Research Excellence oh, Framework. Right. Oh, well, that's good, we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay, UK, again. Um, and then um, in 2018, uh, the original Research Council UK policy ends, and then they they reform as a research UK research um, and innovation. Yeah, mm. thank you very much for that. Um, and then, of course, uh, in 2019, um, well, 2018, Plan S arrives. Um, with uh, consultation and feedback by February 2019. But Plan X we're going to cover off in a different yep. Yes, yep. podcast. Aren't we? So that's kind of the, um, well, that's kind of the um, historical overview of the last few decades.